You're listening to The Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. So you go back to that unspiritual path. That's the idea. And that's unspiritual is, is death. Ephesians 2, 1, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you l- used to live when you followed the ways of the world. And that's what this person's doing who's wandered from the truth and going their own way. They're going back to the old path, what they're doing. Now, one other thing the death can be, you save a soul from, save him from death and cover over a multitude of sins. For the Christian, it can be physical death. At first glance, there are certain passages of Scripture that appear to suggest that the saved can lose their salvation. However, at a closer look, we find that these types of passages are a bit deeper in their meaning. In today's message, Pastor Danny clarifies the meaning behind James's warning to those who stray from the faith. In his study, you'll learn that while we can't lose our salvation, we can indeed experience what's referred to as spiritual death, and in some cases, physical death from our sin. Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of James chapter 5 with today's edition of The Living Word. Well, we wrap it up uh, in James today, unless the rapture takes place, and that would be absolutely fine with me. Uh, Verse 19, my brothers, if one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring him back. Remember this, whoever turns a sinner from the error of his way will save him from death and cover over a multitude of sins. Another fairly difficult passage, but I'm going to give it my best shot to what God's saying to us here. The Bible is very clear that God has called us as Christians to, if you will, confront the world, confront unbelievers in a very compassionate and loving way. That's the, that's the intention anyway. Sometimes we don't do it that way, but we should. Uh, in the hope that they would confess their sin, repent, and receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, and that they might be saved. That's called the Great Commission. Uh, we're all called to that, if you're a Christian, that as we have opportunity, we share Christ with people so that they might repent of sin, receive Christ as Savior. That's very clear. As a matter of fact, Let me just read you. You don't have to turn there because I'm just going to read it, but it's Ezekiel chapter 3, beginning in verse 17. And here's what the Lord said to Ezekiel, and this is our call as well. Verse 17, son of man, I have made you a watchman for the house of Israel. So hear the word I speak and give them warning from me. When I say to a wicked man, you will surely die. And you do not warn him or speak out to dissuade him from his evil ways in order to save his life. That wicked man will die for his sin. And I will hold you accountable for his blood. That's sobering. But if you do warn the wicked man and he does not turn from his wickedness or from his evil ways, he will die for his sin, but you will have saved yourself. Says the same thing again in Ezekiel 33, verses 7 through 9. Paul the apostle made this statement. You find it in Acts chapter 20, verse 26. Therefore, I declare to you today that I am innocent of the blood of all men. That's an amazing thing to be able to say as a Christian. For I have not hesitated to proclaim to you the whole will of God. So Paul's saying, every time I had an opportunity, I shared truth. Truth. Not just Christ, but truth. Now, while the above is true, what I just said is true. We're all called to the Great Commission. 
I believe James chapter 5, these last couple of verses, deals primarily with Christians confronting Christians or at least professing Christians. You'll see what I mean there because I hope you understand some people profess, but they do not possess. Some people profess, but they don't possess. They've never really been born again. There are two overall things to look for for evidence of a person's need to be confronted. And I'm going to say several times probably throughout the message that the confrontation is intended to be compassionate, loving, and that's the motive behind it. If you really care for someone, if I really care for someone, I'm going to lovingly confront them. It's not a self-righteous thing. Not supposed to be. The first evidence is in the text, if one of you should wander from the truth... And someone bring him back. So the evidence is wandering from the truth. John 17, verse 17, Jesus said, Father, sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. So this book is truth. All right? So they wandered from the word of God, the principles, the path outlined in the word of God. They've wandered from the truth. It could be they've wandered from the truth of the gospel. Or it could be simply they still believe the gospel, but they've wandered from the standards and the path that this book has laid down for the Christian. Psalm 119, 105, uh, the psalmist wrote, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And to, to me, years ago, God gave me the illustration, or for my life anyway, and I think it applies to anybody, the lamp unto my feet, that's for daily living, and the light unto my path, that's looking toward eternity. So I'm living daily. I want to walk according to his word, and I'm headed for eternity. And I'm, that's what I've got my sights on. And his word is guiding me in that. So first thing you look for, have they wandered from the truth, the truth of the word as outlined here? The second evidence you look for in someone's life that they need to be confronted lovingly is found in the text as well. Whoever turns a sinner from the error of his way. That says a lot. Those two words, his way or her way, their way, it means simply their lifestyle, their pattern of living, their own path. Now they're not going to submit to this. They're just going to do their own thing. I'm going to do it my way. (laughs) So wander from the truth of the word and go your own way. Now, the covering of the multitude of sins. What is that? Well, David, when confronted by Nathan the prophet, you you find specifically this in 2 Samuel chapter 12, verse 13. David thinks he's going to die because the punishment under the law, the Old Testament law, for David's sin of adultery and murder, he should have died. And when Nathan the prophet confronts him and now his sin is exposed, all right, Nathan the prophet says this to him, and this is, what, this is what you want to hear. I mean, this is what you want to hear. You're not going to die. God has taken away your sin. That's what Nathan the prophet said to David. God has taken away your sin. That's called grace. That's called mercy. David writes a couple of songs uh, at this point in his life, psalms. The first is Psalm 51. And let me just read you a section of Psalm 51. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion. Blot out my transgressions. 
Wash away all my iniquity. Cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. Surely I was sinful at birth, verse 5, from the time my mother conceived me. Verse 7, cleanse me with hyssop and I'll be clean. Wash me and I'll be whiter than snow. Verse 9, hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquity. God answered that prayer. Psalm 32 Let me just read you the first couple. I think he wrote Psalm 51 before he wrote Psalm 32 because here's how Psalm 32 opens. Blessed is he whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man who does not, who the Lord, whose sin the Lord does not count against him and whose spirit is no deceit. What an amazing thing. What a gracious God. I'm glad I serve the God I serve. He's the only true God. But he's so compassionate. He's so loving. He's so gracious. He's so merciful. If we'll confess, he's willing to forgive. So the sins that would be covered, the multitude of sins, I think, especially in dealing with Christian to Christian confrontation, the sins that would have continued in David's life uh, if he had not been confronted, and, and those sins that he had committed before he repented. Are you with me? So in other words, if they repent, if they listen, then their pattern of sin is ended, Okay. And also the sins they had committed are covered. Now, don't misunderstand. David was saved. And if he had died before he repented, no question, biblically, he would have still gone to heaven. Are you with me? The Holy Spirit. You know, if you have the Holy Spirit, uh, you're not going to lose your salvation. But (laughs) you have a lot more pain in your life and a lot more to deal with at the judgment seat of Christ. What is the death the person is saved from? Well, if they're not truly saved, we know it's death and damnation. If they're not truly saved, they're just professing but not possessing. But now again, Christian, you're truly a Christian. It's spiritual death. Save a soul from death. 1 Timothy 5, 6. And just listen, I'm throwing out a lot of verses. I got some PowerPoint later on, but hang with me. 1 Timothy 5, 6. But the widow who lives for pleasure is dead even while she lives. So you go back to that unspiritual path. That's the idea. And that's unspiritual is, is death. Ephesians 2, 1, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of the world. And that's what this person's doing, who's wandered from the truth and going their own way. They're going back to the old path, what they're doing. Now, one other thing the death can be, you save a soul from, save him from death and cover over a multitude of sins. For the Christian, it can be physical death. Thanks for joining us today to study the book of James. Each time you open the word, there's potential to learn. The New Testament letter from James is no exception. In its pages, you'll continue to find advice and practical application for living as a follower of Jesus. James emphasizes that faith is more than just words. It needs to be backed up by action. You live your faith out every day in how you interact with your family, friends, and co-workers, and what you spend your time doing. We hope that today you've been encouraged by the words of this book and that you've been inspired to show your faith to the world around you. If you'd like to listen to more teachings from Pastor Danny Hodges right now, you can do so by visiting our website ccfstpete.church. Just click on Sermons. 
you'll be directed to our YouTube page where you can watch a number of Calvary Chapel Fellowship services and subscribe to our channel. Come connect with us on social media as well. You'll find The Living Word on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and you can join in the conversations there. Feel free to connect with us too, and we'll add some encouragement to your newsfeed. You'll be able to find links to all of these at our website, ccfstpete.church. Again, that's ccfstpete.church. That's all the time we have for today. Thanks for joining us, and we hope that you'll tune in again right here on The Living Word.